Hey, my name is Shriraj, and this is Project Passion, a podcast about finding you something you love. Before we get into this week's absolutely fascinating interview, let's talk a little bit about quarantine entertainment. I've used some of the extra time on hand in the last two months to play the latest game in one of the biggest video game series known to man, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I actually just finished the last storyline in the game, and guys, I'm I'm actually super afraid of going and looking at how much time I've actually put into this. <laughs> I love the game and the series that it's a part of, mostly because it seems to be made by. the biggest history and mythology nerds a group that i myself identify uh, with very strongly also it has the most wicked sword fighting that you can ever find in a game actually that's not true there are some better sword fighting games but it it does have really good sword fighting on top of all of this i have to tell you the game is absolutely gorgeous i mean So you'll be on a horse and the game is smart enough to know that you'd want to enjoy the scenery so you can just like switch on autopilot on the horse and you'll just be riding along and around you there is mountains and cliffs and, and you know like a forest which is sprawling with animals and each and every bit of it is just individually and as a whole gorgeous it is such a beautiful game and Just just try googling a still from this game if you've not seen it if you've if you've not played it and I promise you you will be blown away. So that's my quarantine recommendation for this week. Try Odyssey or any game. Let me know how that works out for you. And now on to the main event. I absolutely loved conducting this interview and I love my previous guest Wafak for recommending Alex to me. Alex calls herself a muscle geek and I think her love for what she does comes out quite clearly in the conversation. I've always had some curiosity about chiropractors and I was so happy that Alex not only indulged this curiosity but really gave me a whole new perspective on my my own body. As always, you can find me on my Instagram, shriraj.plakari. Yes, that's how you pronounce my last name. The link is in the show notes. And now, Alex. Hello, Alex. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Good to be here. How are you today? I'm doing very good, thanks. Um, been looking forward to this uh, podcast actually. in the last couple of days I've been looking forward to having you on as well um Thank so I I've, I've pretty much only had uh, friends come on so far um and I'm super excited to have uh, somebody new Mm well this is my first podcast so a lot of nerves and a lot of excitement at the same time it's very confusing I must say <laughs> uh it's a it's a pretty confusing process to make it also <laughs> yeah We'll figure okay, so, it out as we go along. I guess yes. Uh, so let's start about you. So uh, tell us about yourself, uh, your uh, background, uh, etc. Okay. Um, well, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
So I'm Alex. I was born in Ukraine. Um, then my mother moved to Kyrgyzstan, which is Central Asia. I lived in Kyrgyzstan until I was 11. When I was 11, I moved to London and then basically lived there until 2017 before I moved to Dubai. That's kind of my um, travels. So when people ask me where I'm from, it's kind of like, I don't know. You have a, you have a mini panic <laughs> I'm attack. I'm from everywhere. Yeah, I, I, can, I can totally relate to that feeling. So I grew yeah. up in Dubai, but I'm originally from India. And uh, okay, I haven't traveled around as much as you have, but mm. it's always confusing when somebody asks me where I'm from because I, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, because for me, I speak, my native language is Russian. Um, I don't speak Kyrgyz, I don't speak Ukrainian, and obviously I don't speak Arabic. So it, it's, it's kind of like I have to tell people I'm Russian and then they'll be, where, where in Russia are you from? And I was like, actually, I've never been to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the beauty of USSR at the time of when I was born. So, yeah, that's kind of like sums me up. I speak Russian and English. Um, I'd like to learn Spanish. Uh, sorry, not Spanish. I would like to learn Japanese and Arabic. Yeah, yeah actually, I, I read on your website that you enjoy learning languages. Are you learning anything at the moment? I, it's kind of very slow-paced Japanese for me at the moment. Um, it's They have a lot of interesting kanji. I know how to read one script. Mm-hmm. And I know around about 100 kanjis. I've memorized them now. But mm-hmm. it's like no pressure. Whenever I get the chance, there's always a book on me for one of some kind of sentences um, or some grammatical stuff for Japanese. So... It's, it's, um, I would definitely would prefer to have a little bit more time to dedicate to language learning, but it's not something that I have at the moment. Yeah, I actually uh, picked up Japanese uh, when I, right, right before I went to Japan myself also. Oh my goodness, you speak Japanese? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't I mean, okay, I should say I tried to pick it up. Okay. <laughs> I speak like a few <laughs> phrases. It, it did help a lot when I was there though. Um, um, it was, it's a, it's a fun language to learn. It's a, an extremely difficult language to learn, but it's a fun language to learn nonetheless. For sure. For sure. I'll see, I'll, I'll see where it goes. So is, uh, is the connection to Japan why you call yourself the ninja doctor? Honestly, I'm not sure because possibly because Japanese started, I got obsessed with learning Japanese probably in about 2016, maybe. Just before moving over to Dubai, I started learning the alphabet. Um, was there any particular I'm... reason why uh, you picked Japanese? Honestly, no. I was just, it was, you can call it boredom, inspired <laughs> by boredom. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like, what do I do? Read, read comics or learn Japanese? Okay, let's learn Japanese. That's a uh, that's an interesting. Um, I've not I've not gone to that point yet where I'm compa- I'm, I'm between reading comics and uh, learning Japanese. Yeah, well, so. I do enjoy comics a few a few of them, but yes, um, I picked up Japanese or trying to learn Japanese just before I moved over to Dubai. Um, and then when I moved to Dubai, people told me, Alex, you must get an Instagram. If you don't have one, you don't exist in Dubai. So <laughs> that's where the whole name creation came to. And it was actually between three names before I picked it. It was either Russian Spy Alex, 
which I voted against because it wasn't, it's not, it's not, not it the might, direction it might have some go. negative connotations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other one was uh, the Mighty Mouse. Um, just because I'm frame, frame wise, I'm quite small. So I wanted to have like a powerful name to um, signify that I know, like I, I can, I have the strength to do my job. Um, and then the last one was the ninja. So the ninja kind of took my eye and then happy that I picked it. Okay, so let's let's talk about what kind of ninja you are. So you uh-huh. are a uh, chiropractor, right? Correct, correct. So yes. um, tell us what a chiropractor actually does. Oh, it's a very big question, huh? <laughs> um, so basically, just to literally just summarize it to to like one one to two sentences, um, chiropractors is medically trained um, doctors of chiropractic that help people out of pain, genuinely body pain, headaches, jaw pain, neck pain, back pain, shoulders, wrist, anything, any kind of pain um, that are not related to medicine. So if mm-hmm. you have a disease, we don't treat that. We treat the mechanics, the muscles, the joints, the function, we make you healthier, and that's about it. Any diseases, we send you to the to the medics because disease is medic field. So, is that something that you'd learn at a regular like uh, medical school, or is it a separate school for chiropractors? It's a, it's a, it's a, it depends which country you go because I believe in Sweden, uh, the medics and chiros do the same course for the first three years, and then the last two they um, divide. Mm-hmm. Um, where I studied in the UK, it's a separate university that has been established since um, 1968 or something, something like that. They've been established for quite some time and they are quite well known for um, being the best in Europe school for chiropractic. Um, and then obviously every year they up, up, update their, their curriculums and certificates get certified by different uh, companies and so on and so on. So what, what got you interested in uh, becoming a chiropractor? It's, you will laugh. Um, <laughs> this is, this is, the chiropractic is actually my, uh, if I was to be very technical, it's probably going to be my third profession. Okay. Uh, so um, when I was very young, between about 16 to like 18, 19, I worked in uh, beauty therapy. So I was a beauty therapist advising people on skin care and all the, all the stuff within, within the beauty. Um, by the age of like 19, I reached senior therapist and like my wages was maxed out as in like, this is the most that you're ever gonna get paid, Alex. Um, the next level, you're going to have to wait until you're at least 30. We can't promote you until you're 30. And I'm like, can't wait 11 years. So I decided to go into something like sports massage, a little bit closer towards physio because I had, um, a genuine interest in human anatomy, specifically muscles. Mm. At the time I used to call myself the, uh, the, the, the muscle geek. Like <laughs> I'm obsessed about muscles. Like my world was all muscles. So I went and I did the the course and then I joined um, a chiropractic clinic in Notting Hill and Kensington. Well, it was it was the same company, but they had two clinics. Um, and then I worked with them until one of the chiropractors working there convinced me to go and study chiropractic. And then I was like, I'm down. 
let's let let's let's get more smart the uh, interest in uh, muscles uh, is that uh, from like did you play any sports when you were younger or is just um, well, building always, muscles honestly like the the passion about muscles is nothing physical is genuine geeky science and anatomy stuff it's hmm. it's it's not i do appreciate a bodybuilder here and there and the definition of the muscles but um with me in sport i dabble in a lot but I don't stick to anything hmm. so i've done gymnastics in the past i've done calisthenics a little bit i could pull one or two tricks off <laughs> um i did commit to gym and bodybuilding and powerlifting and strongman for over maybe 3 years just to get a feel for it i mean every, honestly every sport has its benefits and i think it's good to just rotate between them that's uh yeah for sure um so how is a chiropractor different from uh, i think uh, you sent me the phrases osteopathy and physiotherapy after i sent you something yeah. else yeah. um this is a very common question and every single person always asks mm-hmm. so again if i break it down into technicalities chiropractors were trained to adjust have you ever seen a chiropractic adjustment online oh personally no okay so it's it's if i put it into um people's language the adjustment what it means is cracking i crack necks i crack backs um i crack any joints that come my way basically um so chiropractors we are trained to crack joints um there is a lot more science and um technicalities behind each crack that we do it's not just like let, let's crack your back um <laughs> but that that's basically our main modality of treatment with other things so then we also do needling soft tissue release if some chiropractors some some chiros do some chiros don't we have advice on exercise special uh, sorry sport specificity and so on osteopaths are generically known to be less of adjustments or cracking and more of mobilization of the joints so but i can't really tell you exactly difference between chiros and osteos because i did not do an osteopathy course so i don't know what they learn but mm-hmm. they are also doctors of osteopathy so i presume that the training would be very very similar mm-hmm. it's just the modality will be different so we we like to crack and they like to mobilize that's uh, um, it's it's fascinating to me that uh, the way out of pain because i'm guessing most of the people that come to you are coming to you because of pain correct. would be by causing a little bit more pain is that right well the cracking actually isn't painful really it's it's the least painful thing that you will have yes um but everything else yes could be could be painful so if we do dry needling it will be painful if we do soft tissue that could be painful um if i do cupping or any other modality for like muscle release that could be quite painful but obviously um I personally always like to work within the limits of the person's pain um uh, person's pain threshold because if you exceed that the the treatment becomes not nice and then the person tightens up and they might actually not get better mm. but again this is my opinion and many people will argue debate and have their own take on it so who's um, who's a who's a prime candidate for uh, you know chiropractic i guess if that's the word <laughs> for chiropractors um yeah. honestly everybody and anybody um 
the 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 clients patients for me range from babies to babies. elderly really? oh yes 100 chiropractic chiropractors that specialize in pediatrics can do wonders for mothers and and crying babies grumpy babies um that can provide a lot of education um it's it's a very big missing link, um, especially in UAE. Actually, it's it's the mother care, mother baby care, um, and a lot of mothers are struggling with the newborns, um, with breastfeeding and so on, where it could be easily easily helped by treating the baby because the baby's mouth might not be opening efficiently enough, and that's why the breastfeeding becomes an issue. Um, but yes, we as chiropractors we treat anybody from babies to elderly, to uh, dogs, in fact. There's even animal chiropractic. Um, oh, wow. We take your pick. We, we, we have our hands in, hands in many jars. Have you ever treated a dog? I have treated a dog, a few actually, yes. Oh, and babies as well? I have, I have treated babies um, earlier in my profession, mm -hmm. but the crying gets me. So I would say I, I, I have a slight little fire within me that wants to help the mothers um, mm -hmm. but there is another part of me that really cannot stand the crying of the baby <laughs> so so it's like conflicting so uh, I yeah I'm not sure where I'm gonna take it or if I ever will take it that way like I, I'll be good at giving advice and sending them to the person that could stand the crying of the of the kids but for me it was piercing it was very stressful to work with a crying baby I can imagine yeah, maybe maybe you can walk us through a, a, typ a typical session from like okay. diagnosis to like the actual adjustment. So the if you've never been to a chiropractor, the typical thing that you would expect is obviously the first thing that we need to do is we need to get to know you. So when you come, we will literally quiz you. I call it the interrogation. <laughs> um. We, we, we ask questions about your pain, around your pain, around your lifestyle, um, what you like doing, what's your fitness levels like, and as well as your medical. We need your medical history as well, just to make sure. See, that maybe the Russian spy thing wasn't that far of a stretch. Right? Yeah. yeah this, is, this is where I thought it might not work. Because <laughs> then they will think I might actually be the spy when I'm asking all these questions. Um, but yes, no, we need the medical records as well, just to make sure that the pain that you're coming with is actually mechanical and not um, coming from a disease that mm -hmm. needs a medical attention. Once, once we get the idea of what's happening with you, we will create in our minds, in our imaginations, um, an examination. So we, we will have a sus suspect muscle that might be causing you pain. There might be a joint that we want to check out, the movement, um, and so on. So we will create an examination, which will... The purpose of the examination is to localize the pain-producing structure. Mm -hmm. Once we've localized it, we do something to it. Well, this is for me specifically. I will do something to that area until you feel better simple as that so if i was to let's say for example you come in and you couldn't uh, raise your arm more than 90 degrees what i would do is i will stick a finger into every single muscle of the shoulder until mm -hmm. you can go higher or until your pain has reduced 
when I like say for example if I cross friction or if I if I massage one muscle and then it goes from 90 to 120 degrees and you feel like 90% better I know that that's the muscle so then I just create all the treatment plan for that muscle whether that includes needles release taping adjustments uh, exercise therapy whatever that person needs hmm so I what I'm hearing is uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, physical contact involved in uh, diagnosis as well as adjustment. So um, mm. how was, uh, how are your sessions going during uh, quarantine period? Well, funny that you ask, actually, they were not. <laughs> the, government, <laughs> the government has taken the chiropractors and osteopaths actually off um, the way we were kind of grounded. So we were not allowed to practice during the quarantine, which gave oh. me a lot of time to myself. Okay, so what did you end up doing with the time? Well, I ended up reading a lot of books. Mm-hmm. I've also have uh, started an Anatomy Geeks course that hopefully will take off at some point, um, which is basically a review, updated anatomy of the human body. And I've been working out how I'm going to module, like create the modules, how many chapters, what information goes into them, which research I need. And I just been pulling all that information and creating these chapters. So that was fun. So you're, uh, you're creating the book yourself. I am. Yes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Do you have, Oh, sorry, go ahead. This is where the passion comes in. So you see, I was grounded home for four weeks. So my passion came out and I started I needed to write about muscles. I needed to express the muscles' anatomy and find a way to to make it fun and popular. Yeah, I can't think of anyone who'd be a better uh, position to write it than a muscle geek, <laughs> as you've uh, <laughs> described yourself. <laughs> so I think um, I'd usually like to ask, uh, who, do you have any heroes of uh, chiropracting? Chiropractors? Oh... Do I have any role models in chiropractic? Yes, sure. There are actually quite a few. Um, there is one one chiropractor that actually I, I very much admire. Um, her name is Joyce Miller. Mm-hmm. She was my professor for pediatrics um, department in university. She is amazing. This woman literally dedicated her life to studying babies and how to help babies and mothers. And she has contributed huge amounts of research to to our community, um, created a lot of courses, created a lot of methods, um, advocated um, chiropractic and babies. She, she's honestly like, if I wanted to be like anyone, <laughs> That would be that would be my role model. Like if I can take all the principles that she did and apply them to my passion, that's how that's how I would like to go from here. Yeah, I can imagine she sounds uh, she sounds very inspirational. Mm. Um, and the work she does is also, I'm sure, quite um, fulfilling. Especially if you can get some, uh, I can I can imagine um, what. I mean, I can only imagine what what mothers go through when they have. Uh... Well, I will I will actually give you an example if you want. Mm-hmm. Sure. Of some of the work, so 
um, this was this was actually when I was still at university, and then I was like the shadow for for Joyce, and I was following her around just to get as much of um, knowledge and practical and hands-on that I can, because she didn't allow us to to treat patients because they're babies. So she would treat, and we would observe, and every now and then she would allow us to touch something. Um, so we once had a patient. He was a four-year-old boy who failed to walk. He just could not walk. They've tried many things. They've strapped him. They they put like him in this torture-like devices to hold him upright. But the 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 boy, intelligent. He's speaking. He's his his mind is where it's supposed to be for his age. But he just was not standing. And then after the first examination, this this is the thing that kind of made me want to stick with pediatrics. The examination happened and then Joyce um, said, yes, it's just this joint here. She goes, she cracks the, the, the four-year-old. The four-year-old stands up immediately and starts walking around. Just, just like mean, that? Just like that. It was, it was wow. the, the, the reason why he, the boy could not walk, or not he couldn't walk. He, all the muscles were working. Everything was working. He just wouldn't stand. The reason why he wouldn't stand is because he had pain in the joint when he stood up. And he was uh, unable to express it, or he just, he just well, if you if you if you have pain in your joint from the moment that you're born, never you don't know. know if it's supposed yeah. to be or not supposed to be, right? So the the boy just was avoiding the pain. He just didn't want to feel that unpleasant sensation when he stood up. So he just shuffled on his butt instead. And this is kind of like the amazing stories that um, the pediatrics department can bring. I, I think that's that not that's not just even children. Uh, I know many people who, uh, you know, just when they have pain or when they when they're going through something uncomfortable, it's just easier to just uh, ignore it and not uh, actually, you know, go to someone who might actually be able to help. So that is actually a a, a global statistic. Um, really, we all yeah 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 we all play part of it. Um, for every individual, you need the same pain to reoccur three times, and each time it must be getting it must be getting slightly a bit worse every time in order for you to seek help. Three times. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a global statistic. So we don't we just sleep it off until we can't sleep it off, basically. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what that is. What that's about? Is it just like a? I think it's a human psychology. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he's just, you know, just we'll sleep it off. <laughs> or, or, if, or if it's my mom, then, you know, just uh, nothing, nothing better than Russian vodka will wash everything away. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, it's true. It's, uh, uh, if it's my mom, we just don't talk about it, I guess. It's, uh, ah. it's, uh, it's a, uh, like you said, it's a, it's a global problem which we need to, I don't know, I think maybe just having more of these conversations about the solutions that are available, maybe I'm hoping, um, know inspires people to try something new for sure for sure but i think the solutions is actually although although there are a lot of people out there that can help people with pain Mm -hmm. um my advice would be of course go see somebody somebody will help you who specialize in the area that actually will tell you yes this is muscle this is what you can do and make sure that it's not actually anything serious that you're having um, but aside from that, I would always encourage people to take um, 
treatment management, the, the, the control of this pain into your own hands. Don't hand it to us. Because if you hand it to us, we're busy. We might not have the time. You know, you might come and see us in a day when we have had 15 bad patients. Um, and we're psychologically, although trying, but cannot be there. Mm. We, may, we may not be in the tip-top shape to actually give you the inspiration to go and do something on that day. So every single person, I think, needs to take um, accountability for their own pain. And it's not to say that... Um, it's not a negative thing it's more of go learn understand why you have pain pain is teaching you something and if you if you keep on having that neck pain and if you keep on going to different physicians and every physician gives you a different diagnosis but your pain is still there i, I would say either go go find somebody who's good who can promise you something and stick with that one person and also take action into your own hands of fixing yourself yeah, that's a uh, that's very good advice, actually. Um, what is your uh, message to the people who are living under quarantine? I know you've uh, sort of discovered your own passions mm. during this time. Uh, maybe you can share some advice with everybody else as well. Well, as a as a chiropractor, <laughs> my advice for people in quarantine is to stay moving as much as you can. Get it is, up, it is extremely difficult to stay moving. <laughs> It is, it is. Um, maybe maybe I, I actually have um, started doing this thing. I live on the 17th floor and I do the stairs every third day. All 17 of them? All 17 of them. Going wow. down is easy. Coming back up is uh, challenging. Yeah. Um, but that keeps my cardiovascular health up because I've noticed that one week of sitting down and doing nothing, my cardio is literally was destroyed. So keep moving, keep moving, try and get, get your heart rate up at least for 10 minutes. I mean, 20, 30 minutes will be better. But if, you, if you're too lazy or something else is happening, at least 10 minutes, just try and keep moving. The more you move, the less problems you will have once, like muscle problems you will have once you leave quarantine. So that was Alex. I found a couple of interesting lessons in that conversation with her. The first thing is that it takes a lot of foresight for us to actually recognize when we've hit a glass ceiling in our jobs. And it takes a lot of courage to try something new. To do it four times, I think makes Alex an absolute superhero. The second thing is about man's relationship with pain. I think there's a tendency for a lot of us to just ignore the pain when when we feel it, whether it's emotional or uh, physical. I think a lot of us think that it's actually strong to just withstand pain. But I think what we have to realize is that the bravest thing that we can do when we are actually in pain is to reach out and ask for help. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, and most importantly, guest ideas, please reach out to me on my Instagram account, or even better, send me a voice note with your quarantine story. You can find Alex on her Instagram account, The Ninja Doctor. 
The link for that is in the show notes as well. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it and share this episode with a friend who you think might be secretly or not so secretly in pain. Be brave. And here is your quarantine story of the week from one of my best friends in the world. Hey everyone, I'm Katie. I'm kind of in quarantine since mid-March, um, but the difference is that I quit my job earlier this year. I wanted to look for a new one after having a break with traveling, visiting friends and family, but then obviously things changed a little bit. I told myself that it's how it is. I tried to make the most out of it. And what I do at the moment is, of course, looking for a new job, talking to friends and family on the phone, going for walks, painting, reading, also got my sewing machine out and made my own masks. I do way more sports than before. Of course, I also watch TV every now and then. Um, but I also bought some new furnishes for the flat. I moved in a year ago, I have to say. <laughs> and most importantly, I work on a business project that I've been thinking about for a long time. But still, um, there are some fears I have, of course. Like, what if I don't find a job? Because now it's obviously a, a difficult time for many companies. What if we go back to normal too quick and this all goes on again? And what if I don't use the time that I now have more than before? Um, and this is actually what bothers me the most and it's very um, much the same feeling that Farah described last week. But the thing is that some people have reduced working hours. They've made redundant from work or they work from home. If they work in hospitals, they work even more. So you see that there's so much difference in the time that we actually have because everyone's in a different situation. We all have 24 hours, but we live in different um situations that give us either more or less or the same time so most of us obviously have more time before then they're maybe working less they don't have the time of commuting anymore they don't meet their friends and families in their leisure time and i am obviously one of those people with plenty of free time now so as said even though there are so many things that i do now uh, I'm personally really worried about not making the most out of the time before I actually start a new job. And um, before this um, time of calmness, of having appointments after work on the weekends is all over and out. And then, yeah, no more time for my business project, for reading, drawing. And um, the issue is actually that this stupid worry stops me from really enjoying the things that I do. I do one thing, but I actually already think about the next one. So I wanted to use this time as a break for myself. So I read a few things about this, um, of about uh, yeah this issue <laughs> recently. And what I really took away is one thing. We should not forget that time is life. We measure everything with a clock with to-do lists but time is life so I realized that whatever it is that I want to do during this time I should see it as an extra gift I can if I want to explore more things work on the things that I just said no one apart from me should really ask afterwards so what did you do during quarantine it's just for me so my recommendation to you is whatever you spend your time with be it in quarantine or even in general remember time is life so what you do has to be relevant for yourself even if it's a day full of netflix we need this the world and our lives are very fast take days and situations like that to just be with yourself 
doing less than you initially planned, less than your Instagram fans posts or Instagram friends posts is absolutely fine. As long as you make sure that whatever you do is, you do it with 100% of your attention to be sure that you can fully enjoy it. So now go and do whatever you feel like doing, big or small, from the to-do list or just what you feel like doing now. Have fun and enjoy it.